We're momming today with Linda Zhang, the Ford F-150 chief engineer, just to put that in perspective for everybody. This is the lady, the person who designs the most popular, most successful truck in America for about 50 years now. Uh, It's incredible, Linda, when you think of the position that you have. I mean, do you sometimes just pinch yourself and say, wow, I'm really doing this? Oh, definitely. It's it's an honor to be in this role. I, I love the truck and um, I have a great team and it's just awesome to be able to um, work on such a such a great product that's loved by so many customers. I take it you drive one yourself personally? Yes, I do. <laughs> and you have two kids. How old are they? So, yeah, I have two kids. I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old. The 15-year-old is a girl and the 13-year-old is a boy. And uh, they definitely keep me busy along with uh, being a chief engineer at Ford. What exactly does, you know, as we try to get our, our daughters more involved in, in engineering and, and STEM, what, what exactly does it require to have your position? Where, what did it take for you to get where you are? Uh, well, for me, um, I've always been very much interested in math and science. So I went to engineering school. And at one point, I was actually pre-med, but I fell in love with automotive. So I ended up um, coming here um, to Ford straight out of school. And I think a lot of it is just the curiosity of being able to to to, to want and do better for, for the customer to work on products and think about what else we could do. And the, the math and the science definitely helped. And I think that's one of the things that um, my bo- my daughter's also very interested in is STEM. She's actually doing a, a STEM program in the high school. And I think a lot of it is just because she sees what, what I do with Bring Your Kids to Work Day and she loves it. And I talk about it at home. I'm, I, I, I love my job. So in a way, I get very passionate about it at home even too. So she hears a lot of that. And I, I think from that perspective, um, I help to serve as an anchor too that um, – that engineering and and science is something that, um, you know, whether you're a girl or a boy is a great career. And I'm going to pick up on that because as you're a very successful woman, we talk to successful females all the time. But yes, you are a woman doing maybe a traditional man's job, but it doesn't matter your gender. I mean, you're doing the job, period. Like people don't need to necessarily say, well, you know, to, to, to highlight the fact that you are a female, but I am going to highlight something right now because the plant where the truck that you design is made is headed by a woman. And I believe the head of all trucks at Ford is also female. Is that true? Yes. So Deb is the plant manager and she does a great job and she's another very strong, um, capable um, lady that's in a job as well as our um, vehicle line director, um, Jackie. So we actually have quite a few um, females in, 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 uh, in the truck business and uh, it's great. I think we add um, an interesting perspective and, and um, that helps. My um, vehicle engineering manager is also a female. So I think from that perspective, there, there's a lot of female voices here to make sure that we um, we get you know that uh, that um, type of input into the product, as well as we have a lot of really good men on the team that help bring a lot of those perspectives as well. A lot of what we're trying to do is uh, uh, 
design and build a product that works for um, a wide range of customers. And I think that those different perspectives and those different um, uh, backgrounds really do help um, bring in those um, very important user experience voices so that we, we make sure that when we're working on our um, all new products in the future and our future products that we we incorporate all of those uh, um, those needs in. We moved from the city to uh, the suburbs about three years ago. And I remember I, I saw a young girl get out of this big truck. I don't know what kind of truck it was. I was just shocked that she got out of it. And I was like, oh, I guess we're in the suburbs or, oh, that's rare. And I can't tell you how often I see women in general getting out of pickup trucks. What, what is appealing to a woman about, about the F-150 or a truck in general? I think it's a tough truck. It, it, it gives you that, um, that, that power and capability that anyone could want. And then not only that, 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 position that high higher um, riding position I think is is really um, great um, especially for for a woman I feel because it gives you that height that at least for me I'm I'm uh, a little shorter so I normally don't have that height so being I'm in the five truck, one it's, it's you're awesome. preaching to the choir <laughs> <laughs> I'm five three so <laughs> definitely so that height is really helpful and then also our trucks right now are built with so much luxury inside that cabin especially with the um, a, a super cab or a crew cab is seats five or six passengers, and we have you know best leather in there. We have a lot of features and technologies, so really it, it can it can serve as the interior space is just um, serves as a very livable space for our customers. And I think that along with the utility of being able to to haul things and um, tow things and put things in the bed and not having to to be dependent on others, that independence that truck provides our customers, whether they're they're female or male. And I think especially for a lot of my female friends that have trucks, that, that's the independence that they really love in, in the F-150. It's also that, that feeling of power. You know, like, these are my wheels. This is my truck. I actually hear a lot of women speaking like that now. I interviewed um, Christy Ellis. She's um, a, a veteran. She was injured and now on one leg, she snowboards competitively, climbs mountains. Anyway, um, she has this big truck and she loads it up with all her gear um, and, and she's proud of it. And she like owns the road when she drives in it. And it's kind of just like, you go girl, you know? Um, I, the, the, the minivan um, has that whole soccer mom image. And it's interesting because our car was in service and my husband loves it. He loves minivans. He thinks they're easy, loves the doors that just slide open and you can kind of just put everything in there seamlessly. So <laughs> we, we had our rental it was a minivan and my daughter fell in love with this car because she wanted to press all the buttons to close all the doors. She thought it was the coolest thing. <laughs> so I said, I'm not driving a minivan. No way. Don't even think about it. And it became this like family war. And essentially, we did. I, I lost because everybody wanted a minivan, but mom. And uh, I ultimately won because minivans don't uh, have four wheel drive. And when you live yeah. in the suburbs and it snows, that's what you need. So I don't have the minivan. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, comment on it. I was going to ask for your interpretation. Why are some people still liking the minivan and others are saying no way? 
Well, I think the minivan does serve, um, you know, in terms of being able to carry a lot of people. But there is a stigma around it of being, like you said, the, the soccer mom and the, the, the not very exciting vehicle. I think at one point um, we had talked about getting one as a family. Um, and my, my husband's like, absolutely not. I'm, I will never drive that vehicle. And we ended up <laughs> not doing it. But um, the, the nice thing about the F-150 with the truck and all a lot of our other products is we really try to think about, you know, how we, how we best carry people and all of the cargo and the belongings that folks have. So I feel that even without a minivan, I, um, with, with, an expedition or an F-150, you can get um, a lot of cargo in, a lot of people in, and do a lot of those same things that, um, you know, others might have thought that only a minivan would have been able to do. Bye-bye minivan. Um, Another theme across the country is the electrification of of cars, that eventually we're going to be driving electric, self-driving vehicles. I know Ford and every other, you know, automaker in Detroit and, you know, tech giant in Silicon Valley is invested in this space. It's kind of like a, a race to the top who can who can get there first. But, you know, I think for the regular consumer, the regular family out there, you have to be able to charge that vehicle. So where do you stand on, on the convenience of, of making sure that we get good battery range and the ability to charge pretty conveniently? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely working on those. Those are important aspects of electrification, and um, it, they're important attributes that our customers would, would uh, uh, of course, need. So we are working on those. We'll have more details to share, you know, at a later date when, when it becomes closer. But um, the charging, the range, all of that, um, we're trying to think through from a very user experience lens to make sure that it's the easiest adaptation for our customers. Yeah. Um, Linda, are you a good driver? Are you like, uh, do you like I to drive? So. Oh, I do. I love driving. <laughs> so when you're on like a family road trip, does your husband say, Linda, you, you take the wheel? Um, we'll split. Um, it, a lot of it depends on where we're going. A lot of the times with two kids, we're uh, trying to shuttle kids to different locations. So we, we both end up driving. But generally, if I'm, if I end up going somewhere like or carpooling with friends up to, say, a soccer tournament, I'll tend to drive just because I like driving and, and because I, I just love my cars <laughs> and my trucks. So I can just imagine your kid in the back seat with mom. Be like, yeah, mom made this truck, basically. <laughs> Come on, they have to say that to you. They do. They're very proud of me. They're awesome. They're awesome kids. And especially now that they're getting older in high school and middle school, finishing up middle school, they're, um, they're, they're recognizing a lot more of, uh, you know, how, how much I, I, I do both at home and at work. And it's, it's nice to feel, um, appreciated. It's a lot sometimes to maintain your career at a high level and be a very present mom. What tricks do you have to offer for moms out there who are struggling to do both? Well, I think um, we're really lucky because I have a very supportive husband and we have in-laws and my parents that are um, that are all very close. So they help a lot. And we have some really good friends that we just work through in terms of um, making sure that we carpool and all of that. But I mean, in a way, Ford's also been really great in terms of being able to offer those type of flexibilities to, to me as 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 I've as I've basically um, had my kids throughout here. They've, you know, supported me when I um, 
you know, got married, had kids and went through all those life stages. So I think having that flexibility and being able to also, um, you know, have such a strong support group and network around me to help with the kids has been really great. And um, I think in a way it's 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 really nice for the kids, too, because they see that you can do both. And, you know, there are there are times where um I, I am very focused at work, but there's also um, cases where I know that hey, they need me somewhere, and I'm going to be I'm going to be there. Um, and I think that flexibility on both the work side and the um, home side really helps for for both my husband and I be able to balance our careers. It's a constant negotiation, right? Okay, I, I can pull back a, a little bit on the job today because I got to give more at home, and then the next day it's vice versa. It's this constant tug of war. It is, and it's that communication. But then also, I think a lot of it, and I learned, I, I, I had a hard time kind of letting others help at one point. And I remember one of my really good mentors at Ford kind of said, "Hey, um, you know, rely on the parents." As a grandma, I can tell you, it's not a burden when my kids ask me to help. It's more of a um, a reward to be able to spend time with the kids, and. Um, that really kind of turned the corner for me a little bit, too, to be able to say, yeah, you're right. It's not really a burden for me to ask them to help, you know, take the kids somewhere for the day or something, because they actually are enjoying their time together. And it really helps them to be able to build that relationship and bond together, too. Um yeah, that's a good point because sometimes when you're such an A personality and you're so driven in your career and, you know, you're very accomplished, it's hard to you know, let a little bit out or ask for help because you don't really need it. It's it's not your nature to do that. But, you know, sometimes I guess, I guess that's what you have to do. Um, we have in where I live uh, four parents who are always helping. But the issue for us is that all the siblings, like my brothers, my, my sister-in-law, everyone has kids now. So I kind of feel bad for grandma and grandpa. They're doing a lot of babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> they might not um, feel bad about that. They might actually really enjoy it. Um, that was one of the conversations I, I, I had with both my mom and my mother-in-law is um, at one point I just asked them, I said, hey, are you sure this is okay? Because I feel like I'm really asking you to do a lot. And they said, no, we love doing this. And not only that, like I feel like my kids have such a strong relationship with all the grandparents as a result of that. Because my father-in-law, my, my dad, they'll all help in different situations. And it, it's just nice to be able to know that not not only, you know, are they there for us to help, but also that, you know, they're building that really strong relationship with my kids. Yeah. Um, can I ask, it was, you, you said your oldest is how old? My oldest is 15. So she's um, entering sophomore year in high school. And what is her first car going to be? We're not sure. She was <laughs> debating between the F-150 or um, potentially maybe, depending on the timing, a Bronco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Because wait, wait, the new one is coming out soon. Refresh yes. my memory. Oh, that would be cool, though. So yeah. She, so she, I mean, she, she she's not sure, but she's um she's definitely into like the truck, and I think she you know as a very independent girl, she's very much into like making sure that she um has a very you know a, a vehicle that you know. Um, shadows her personality a little bit there. So um, 
But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Ford, great Ford products to choose from, Ford and Lincoln products. I think she'll definitely be on the Ford side um, and probably in either an SUV or a truck um, is kind of where she's leaning. But she's still, you know, a while's away from that. And we may not initially get a vehicle straight off for her just because, um, you know, she has lots of other uh, avenues of getting places at this point. Yeah, <laughs> which begs the whole question, you know, at what point do you think we're not going to be buying cars because it's going to be this whole, all, you know, you, you rent your car or you, you know, for a few hours and all of that. I don't know. I mean, personally, I've always, I I can't imagine myself without a car. I, that independence is just so important to me to be able to hop in the car whenever and, and, and go places. And um, I, I, know. I know there are folks out there that probably don't love driving or don't necessarily view needing a car, especially, you know, if there's a lot of mass transit around and other, uh, other avenues of transportation. But for me, having grown up, um, in the Midwest, I just can't imagine not having a car and not having that flexibility of jumping in and going to grab anything or just going on a road trip, um, spur of the moment type of deal. I just, I know. Um, I can't even imagine that. So I'm with you. Yet we constantly hear that we're going into this car sharing, this autonomous, this 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 new realm of, of how we interact with with transportation and the road. And when you think about it, you just need to get into your car when you want to get something done. So it's like, are we ever really going to get there? I mean, the answer is yes, but when is the big question mark? But I guess that's where. It's about changing mentalities, I suppose. It'll work in a city. It's just not going to work where you live or where I live now. Yeah, and I think a lot of it also depends on the generation, too. I think, you know, as generations move on, there'll be different things that come in and and out. But, like, at least for my generation or even my daughter's generation, at least in the the Midwest, she she wants a car. Um, She's wanted a car since she was able to walk, I think. <laughs> do your kids so, uh, inform any of the decisions that you bring to what you do? Yeah, my kids love talking to me about the vehicles. They really do. They actually provide me with very good feedback when um, a lot of the times I'll bring vehicles, different vehicles home just to, to um, test drive them and evaluate them. And they actually do provide some really good insights. And especially when I was, um, I, I worked on the all new Explorer that's launching right now and just starting production. Um, when we were developing that vehicle, one of the things that I was really thinking about was the fact that by the time the vehicle comes out, my daughter's going to be basically behind a wheel. And she is right now, right? She's basically in driver's ed training and, and getting her, um, her level one hours in. Uh, and I'll, that was an eye opener for me because I was like, wow, this little kid is, and I view her that way, right? My little baby <laughs> is going to be behind a wheel. And I think that does help in terms of, at least it helped me in terms of explore and thinking through a lot of what we wanted to do for the vehicle in terms of making sure that it has the best, you know, crash safety protection and the features that we put into it, the usability of the vehicle and the ease of, you know, what you would use the space for, um, whether you're, you know, a 16 year old or whether you're, you know, older. Yeah. No, good point. Absolutely. Safe, safety first. Um, <clears throat> Linda, I thank you so much for your time and your story. 
You're an inspiration, especially to your kids. And that's great. Thank you for momming with us today. This is Jimmy Fallon, inviting you to join me for Fox Across America, where we'll discuss every single one of the Democrats' dumb ideas. Just kidding. It's only a three-hour show. Listen live at noon Eastern or get the podcast at foxacrossamerica.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.